Welcome to Inside the Yale Admissions Office. My name is Mark, and I'm a Yale Admissions Officer. And I'm Hannah. I'm also a Yale Admissions Officer. And we are recording this on April 29th, 2020. It is week seven of social distancing here in Connecticut in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. That's right. Uh, So we are not recording from inside the Yale Admissions Office today. Um, All of our campus offices are shut down. Um, So Mark and I are a safe six feet apart in an undisclosed location, Uh, but we felt we really wanted to talk to you a little bit about what our office is doing right now. We had great plans for this episode of the podcast, like a lot of other things that got sidetracked. Uh, We thought we were going to be talking about how we kind of finalized the class and release decisions. That all happened a few weeks ago. So instead, we are going to talk about how we've adapted, how things have changed, and uh, what things haven't changed as well, and also a little bit about what we're thinking about going forward. Yeah, so we're still dealing with a lot of uncertainty at this time, but we've um, we've moved through a lot of things and uh, we want to talk to you about them. So if you are listening to this and it's months from now, uh, lucky you, we are... At- like it feels like peak uncertainty for a long time now. If you can send us a message back in time, we really want to know what things are like. Is there a vaccine? Um, is the baseball season happening this year? Um, Mark and I are really concerned about that in particular as uh, <laughs> Braves and Red Sox fans. It's a burning issue for us. Yes. Um, also, though, if you are listening to this in the future, keep in mind uh, things may have changed. Uh, this is a, a fast moving story and we're giving you what's happening right at this very moment. Yeah, so our plan today, we want to talk to you about how we've handled um, three different kind of groups of students through this whole experience. We'll talk to you about how we worked with our applicants um, towards the end of reading and committee season uh, in March. We'll talk about how we've communicated with our admitted students throughout the month of April, and we also want to talk a little bit about how we're working with our prospective students, students who might want to apply in the fall. And even during a normal year in the winter and spring months, we are working with all three of these groups. So there are in the front of our minds, um, no matter what, and we have treated each one of these groups a little bit differently. So let's start with the applicants. Um, The last time that we recorded a podcast, we were still in the middle of reviewing 35,000 applicants for first-year admissions. Um, We got pretty lucky with the timing for that group. Um, Our last day that we could work in the office was the last day of our regular area committee. That's right. So if you listened to our previous episode, you heard all about area committee and how that worked. Uh, We were super lucky with the timing that we were able to finish out those area committees in person uh, in our conference room um, in in the admissions office. Uh, and then we all went home, took our computers home, took our monitors home, and um, we did the final week leading up to the release of decisions over Zoom. We've done this before, sort of. We have had some success with remote admissions officers. We've actually had officers who have been presenting and voting in committee from different countries and from different parts of the world. But this was the first time that we convened everyone in a committee remotely from their different you know, offices and basements um, all around the country. The only thing I would say that we were missing was the snacks, I think, the committee snacks. We did not come up with an appropriate replacement for that. Not even close. Everything else, totally fine. The snacks were missed a lot. Exactly. 
Uh, this time of year, it always involves a lot of guesswork. Um, we are trying to guess how many students we should admit to get to our target class. Um, this year, obviously, there was a lot of uncertainty about what that would look like. Um, but I feel really good that I feel like we didn't overthink it at the end of the day. Um, we really didn't change our approach to um, finalizing the class at all, even though our yield, which is what we call sort of the, the process of admitted students choosing Yale over their other options, it was a really big question mark this year. That's right, but we made a pretty smooth transition to remote work, both in terms of just kind of the mechanics of it and also uh, not changing up our process, not making any um, you know last minute drastic changes to the kinds of decisions that we were making. Yeah, and so far so good. Um, we're going to transition now and talk about that group of admitted students. So we had some admitted students who found out early back in December, and they had made plans for coming to campus in April. We had to scuttle those plans uh, around the middle of March, and we had to then operate for our newly admitted students who found out on March 26 with explaining to them that they would not be able to visit campus this spring. That's right. So full disclosure here, uh, my role in the office is director of recruitment, which um, in our terms means that I am responsible for all of the communications with admitted students, all admitted students on campus events. Uh, and before I held this role, Mark held this role for four years. So um, April is the big month for you if you have this job. This is when uh, everything kind of comes together. We usually host a three-day on-campus program called Bulldog Days for admitted students where um, you know, 1,200 admitted students and a thousand of their family members come to campus and uh, have a jam-packed three days of programming. Obviously, that did not happen this year. Yeah, and you know, we were bummed about that. Like, there's no way around that. It was disappointing for us to not meet most of our admitted students in person. It was sad to not have, you know, these wonderful events like um, a showcase of student performances and an extracurricular bazaar with hundreds of student groups, um, you know, trying to get new students to join their organizations. So there was just no replacement for that. But... But uh, we kind of pivoted to move all of that stuff online. Um, and I will just add, uh, you know, Mark said it was it was sad to make that decision. I remember so clearly the day that, I mean, we had kind of known it was a possibility and then we knew it was a probability. And then the day when we kind of made the final call in mid-March, it was just so sad. Because those three days when our admitted students come to campus, it's sort of the, um, climactic part of the year for admissions officers. Like it's our most exciting three days when we actually get to meet the students that we've been talking about all this time. Uh, so we we definitely spent some time mourning the loss of Bulldog Days and I'm sure our admitted students did too. Um, but we decided to take what is usually three days of programming at the end of April and turn it into 30 days of programming throughout all of April. And this was designed to keep high school students who we knew by April a couple of weeks into this, they would be bored, a little stir-crazy from self-isolating, and we wanted to keep them entertained with something to look forward to every single day. So Hannah came up with a great calendar of events. She basically took those three days and spread them out over 30. We had master classes taught by Riel professors just for admitted students, panels with all sorts of resource centers. Um, our dean, Jeremiah Quinlan, did um, an Ask Me Anything live stream that was a big hit. And there were a few creative ways that we engaged student groups and performers as well. Yeah, so um, usually we do this big performance showcase where we have student groups come to the Schubert Theater, which is a, a um, professional theater in downtown New Haven. And 
uh, perform in front of the entire admitted class and their families. And since we couldn't do that this year, we had um, those groups who were slated to perform record special kind of introduction videos for the class of 2024, introducing their groups, and then send us recordings of sort of their, their favorite performances from the past couple of years. And we shared that with admitted students. Um, similarly, you know, we do this big in-person extracurricular bazaar, uh, and in place of that, we had student groups record video, 60-minute videos, kind of introducing their groups, and they came up with a lot of really cool, creative things. Like, I think that in this era of TikTok and inst Instagram challenges, there was a lot of inspiration out there for really cool videos. Um, and my personal favorite, last night, uh, we did a virtual talent show. Uh, we called it 2024's Got Talent. And this was really cool because it's something that I've been wanting to do at Bulldog Days for the past couple of years um, to give admitted students a chance to kind of show off their talents. But we've held off on doing it because it would, you know, if your talent is playing the cello, you don't bring your cello to campus for Bulldog Days. If your talent is tap dancing, you probably don't have your tap shoes with you. Um, <laughs> probably so, not. I don't know. Not. Some might. Right. Uh, so, so yeah, so we've never been able to do it in person, but we thought this was a cool chance to do it virtually. It was awesome. I was just uh, delighted by the entire thing. It was one of the things that was just so clear, no matter what the future holds, we're doing this every single year. So we pivoted, we found some new interesting things. Um, at the same time, we look back and, you know, it's not the same. You know, we still want to bring students to campus. We every year invest, you know, lots and lots of money to bring uh, students, particularly from lower and middle income, um, you know, households to campus who wouldn't be able to afford it otherwise. Like we still really believe in the value of the campus visit. But in a universe where that was not possible this year, this was definitely the next best thing. Yeah, and, and what we've been calling the 30 Bulldog Days of April is really no substitute for visiting campus in person, but it's been really cool uh, to see how quickly and easily our kind of Yale community has risen to the occasion. Uh, people did not need any convincing to sort of pivot their in-person events to virtual events. All of our professors and panelists who were signed up to um, to be a part of Bulldog Days were really eager and excited to do this virtually as well. Yeah, they've been fabulous. I'll also say our admitted students uh, have really impressed me. Um, I mean, I can't imagine the sort of heartbreak that uh, is associated with your last semester of your senior year just kind of being wiped out on all of those special experiences, uh, you know, compounded with all the uncertainty about what's happening with college next year. And I've just been so impressed with how upbeat and excited yes. and wonderful these students have been. Um, it's been really, really wonderful to connect with them. Yeah, totally. Um, and we've had some sort of uh, interesting communication challenges as well. Um, because there is just so so much uncertainty about the next several months in the next year. Uh, you know, colleges are talking about how they can, how and when they can bring students back to campus. Um, and we don't have a clear picture of what that's going to look like yet. We won't have a clear picture of what it's going to look like until June at the earliest. And, uh, and yet we have a reply deadline of May 1st. So that has presented a challenge, I think, for our admitted students, for their parents, um, and for us. Yeah, so we are grateful for the faith that people are, are putting in us. Um, obviously, we you know, share the frustration at this point. And again, if you're listening from the future, please write back to us in April and let us know what's happening. Like, we're all dying to know. Yes. There's wild speculation um, at the moment, you know, pretty elaborate conspiracy theories about what Yale will look like in the fall. We don't know. I don't know. Hannah doesn't know. 
We're not holding anything, you know, apart away from students. I wish we could tell you. I wish we could do a big reveal right now about what the plan is. <laughs> we don't have any more of an idea than you do. It's a big shoulder shrug, but uh, but everyone's taking it in stride. Um, uh, which is, you know, similar shoulder shrug. I think our um, our prospective students are experiencing right now. You know, um, during these months, we are typically greeting thousands of high school juniors and sophomores to campus. Um, the basically period from March to August will bring tens of thousands of students to us, and that is not happening this year. That's right, and we would also generally be doing a lot of spring outreach travel. Uh, I was planning to go to several countries in Africa in May. Obviously, that's not happening. Super disappointing. Um, but we have a lot of other trips planned as well, so those, of course, have been canceled. So what are we doing? Like everything else, like everybody else, we're pivoting. So we are figuring out how to do as much as we can virtually. Um, we're taking advantage of our great virtual tour. We just launched virtual information sessions, which are live events that people can register for and connect with an admissions officer and a current student. And uh, so far, so good. And we've been participating in some virtual college fairs as well. Yeah. Have you done a virtual information session yet? I haven't done one yet. Me either. I'm nervous. No, I've seen them though, and they've, they've been turning out great. Um, again, no replacement for visiting campus, but we're doing our best. And, you know, a silver lining of this, we hope, is that we might be reaching some folks who might not have connected with us otherwise. You know, I'm always interested in thinking about, you know, who's logging into that session or taking that virtual tour, um, who might not have considered Yale or, you know, ever been able to visit New Haven. So I think there are some great opportunities there. Yeah, we're no longer limited by geography. Anyone can tune into these events. And as we look ahead, there's a lot of anxiety about a lot of different things right now. Um, I think the message that we want to present to folks is that understand the world is different now. And so college admissions is going to be different now as well. Um, we are not going to expect that students' applications just sort of make it clear that they kind of breezed through this period, however long it is. We know that transcripts are going to look different. Your extracurricular activities are going to look different. Your summer does not look like the summer that you probably originally planned, and we're going to understand that. And to talk about that, we are now going to actually call up our friend and boss, Jeremiah Quinlan, the Dean of Undergraduate Admissions and Financial Aid, who's going to talk a little bit about his perspective on the admissions process going forward. All right, so we have our boss, Jeremiah Quinlan, Dean of Undergraduate admissions and financial aid on the phone with us now. Um, thank, you for thank you for joining us, Jeremiah. This is not what we had pictured when we were thinking about your first appearance on this podcast, so um, we appreciate you calling in. Happy to be here. And we wanted you to talk a little bit about the future and for students who are thinking about applying to college and highly selective colleges in the next couple of years, um, you know, your thoughts. Um, what would you tell a high school junior who's concerned about their application and, and what it will look like next year? Well, the first thing I would say is there's a, a lot going on in the world right now, and I would hope that your college application is not at the top of the list of your concerns. Um, you know, we in the admissions office recognize that this global pandemic is going to have a lasting effect on schools and communities, academic records, um, and all the types of experiences in and out of school. And we are going to do what we continue to do best, which is review students as whole people throughout the process, try to get a deep understanding of the context in which they are applying. Um, and read every single application we receive, uh, front to back, cover to cover. You know, the, the 
the process is, is not going to change, and we are going to do everything we can to understand the different challenges that students and families and communities have in terms of this pandemic and adjust our expectations and how we review applications and what we think about these applications in light of that. Just because your college application that you put together in a few months is not going to be what you thought it was going to be a year ago, it's not mean it's going to be less compelling or less interesting. No, we are still going to be looking to admit incredibly talented, bright, motivated, accomplished, community-minded individuals um, to the class uh, of 2025 at Yale next year. And there will be lots of different ways for students to showcase that. Um, maybe different ways than we had previously thought, but still lots of ways for students to showcase that uh, in the coming months and on their applications as well. And what about all the decisions that schools have had to make about academic records? Um, you know, transcripts are going to look different next year. Um, you know, what would you tell a student who's concerned about, um, you know, what their transcript will look like after they had to make really quick changes to, um, you know, what their courses and instruction looked like this past spring? Sure. I mean, that's a great question. Big picture, I just want to assure all future applicants to Yale that your schools and communities response to this outbreak and all of the personal, personal circumstances associated with it are not going to negatively impact your chance of admission at Yale. We are aware that schools are taking a diverse set of approaches to curricula and assessment during this, um, this time. I mean, under normal circumstances, we are very familiar with lots of different graded scales and lots of different assessment criteria that schools use. And that's only going to be amplified in the coming uh, application cycle. And transcripts are going to look different for at least this semester. And you should know that regardless of the school's decision, the school that you attend, the decision that you made, we're going to work really hard to understand that specific decision that you need context. And we're not going to penalize students whose transcript lack letter grades or students whose transcripts have slightly more inconsistent performance this year than previous. We're going to not try to recalculate or re-rate GPAs. We'll probably look a lot more closely at the performance uh, of the academic performance of students before March, uh, before all this happened. And we will obviously see the grades that the schools are giving this semester, but we're going to understand that this performance is being done you know, under the, the larger umbrella of global events that might be having serious impacts on your health, your family's health, your community's health. And we're not going to try to, uh, you know, try to expect that students are going to be able to maintain the same academic performance over the past few months that they might have had the first eight or nine months of the academic year. And also, we also understand that this outbreak has caused sort of the cancellation of lots of events, activities, sports seasons, programs, summer opportunities, just like it's caused disruptions to families' lives. And even if it's changed everyone's opportunity to do different things, um, we understand that that is the case. And while we wish you were right now wrapping up some of your long-standing interesting commitments, we are going to understand that those things would not have been possible this spring. Um, and we understand that students are going to need to take additional responsibilities at home or family businesses if it's applicable. Um, and we're going to take that specific context into account. And if you've had to change your plans or change commitments, as I every single applicant to deal next year will have had to do, that's not going to be a negative. Um, we're going to try and update our advice to applicants as we move into the next admission cycle, but understand that we are still going to try to get a good um, sense of students' commitments and their appreciation for how they spend their time when they're not in the classroom. We understand that that's more limited now than it used to be, and we're going to take that into account. The committee considers.
Well said. I'm sure that will be uh, reassuring for a lot of people to hear. Um, so thank you, Jeremiah, for calling in and joining us. I'm sure we'll see you around a Zoom meeting soon. Um, and we'll have you back on the podcast when we can do this all in person. My pleasure. I cannot wait to be back at 38 Hill House Avenue in the undergraduate admissions office in person. But in the meantime, everyone out there, take deep breaths. Good luck with your academic, finishing up your academic year. Um, and we look forward to reviewing your applications next fall and next winter. Thanks, Jeremiah. Well, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we hope this gave you a little bit of a look into what we've been working on and how we've been adjusting in the past several weeks. Uh, we also hope that wherever you are, you are safe and healthy and that uh, we'll be back to normal life relatively soon. Thanks as always to our friend and colleague, Jill, who is our sound engineer and admissions officer. Jill walked me through how to operate the equipment today via Zoom. So special thanks to Jill. Thanks to Reed, who lends us his office when we are in the admissions office. Thanks, of course, to former admissions officer, Andrew Brick Johnson, who composes our music. Check him out at andrewbrickjohnson.com. Drop us a line at yaleadmissionspodcast at gmail.com to give us an idea for a future episode or to give us feedback on an episode you just heard. And finally, remember that the views expressed in this podcast are ours and don't necessarily represent those of Yale University.